What is up, guys? We are back with another episode of Where's the Remote? It is a beautiful Sunday morning. I am here with my glorious co-host, Alex. Alex, how's it going? I'm potting it. Disgusting. Who do you think you are? (laughs) But either way, that is a nice little segue. Um, But before we get into what we're talking about today, I just want to preface this by saying we saw... Everything that went down at DC Fandom yesterday, it looked fucking insane, and yes, we will be covering it. Um, Not today. We will have a special, additional episode coming out this week, a bonus episode coming out on Wednesday where Alex and I will be chopping up everything from DC Fandom. Uh, We're going to get to all those awesome trailers, and we're going to talk all the big news. So rest assured, sit tight. It's coming. But today, we have something really, really special going on. We have a guest today. It is none other than Filmmaker... And comedian extraordinaire, my big Jordan Sarf. How's it going? Hey, Josh. I like that you scream all your words into the microphone. Very loud. I do. I do scream. I'm sorry. I, I'm a loud guy. I'm excited. It gets me excited to listen to what's going on because you're screaming about it. So I like it. So keep doing it. Keep yelling. That's not like a backhanded way of telling me to quiet down. But it's okay. No, there, I appreciate it. You're coming in no, hot. Coming there's, in a hot. Good, uh, there's a good joke with Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short that it's called a Hollywood compliment. It's like saying, "Oh, I love that movie you made thirty years ago." Like, like something like that. Like a little, like a little zinger. Like, I love when you scream really loud into the microphone. It's really great. Well, there's also that. Let me try, let me try one, Jordan. I love when you're super quiet on the mic and we can't hear you. Oh, is it that quiet? No, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's also that <laughs> like um, <laughs> that curb <Sorry>. episode. <laughs> you gotta laugh like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <sighs> he's not what's that video he, he did with throat. what's that video he did with WAP? i still don't know, like what did WAP. he do he read the he, was, he just read it out because his wife has a very dry poop nanny <laughs> he can't say Alex. he can't say wet ass pussy on the air he can't say that so he's like reading it he's like give me everything you got for this wet ass p word <sighs> and it's super weird i don't like it at all and uh we can we can do a dramatic reading of wet ass pussy if you guys want that's uh, actually why we have okay. Jordan on. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> it's a trap. No, why are you here, Jordan? Time out. Before we get to that, I just need to know. Jordan, did you like the song, Wet Ass Pussy? I think it's fine. Okay. That's my answer. I have no. I, I don't have much of, uh, too much depth into analysis on it, but uh, it's fine. Wap. <laughs> that sounds like something Jordan would say, I feel like. I like He'd be that like, word Shut up, I'm gonna whap you. Like, I, would, I don't think I'd ever say... Jordan has definitely said to me before, I'm whapped right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a well, that's that's my word. So like she kind of took the word and made it into like a like wet ass pussy. So like now if I go up to someone and say I'm whapped, yeah, I'm that wet ass pussy pussy mother like like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I'm not that's not what I mean. So <laughs> Jordan the WAP King. <laughs> Jordan the WAP King. Love it. Um but we have Jordan on here not to talk about wet ass pussy, but to talk about something else that is awesome. Um, like I said, Jordan is a filmmaker and his newest film is out now. It is a short, it is called McFired. You can find it on YouTube and all sorts of other places. If you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back and listen to this. We will still be here. I promise. Um, but before we get into it, Jordan, I just want to say, we're really thankful to have you on here. We're really excited to chop this up with you. I love the short. It's hilarious. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Uh, it was such a great ride doing that whole thing. You guys, any questions you got? You throw them at me. What do you got? Oh, yeah. We got bangers. Okay, let me hear. We got bangers. So I, I, I was going to ask them all. 
Oh my god! All right, so I feel like <clears throat> I feel like you've been talking about this for quite some time now, um, and it always seemed super exciting, like leading up to it. So, how long would you say from like inception of the idea to it coming out? Uh, like, how long would you say that was? Oh, the whole process, start to finish, probably took a year and a half. It would have taken about a year if uh, the COVID epidemic didn't happen. Yeah. But what's interesting is that when that did, obviously was said, when, you know, this is still a crazy time that we're living in right now, but it gave uh, David and I a lot of time to kind of, in Adam as well, just to all kind of think about what we want to do with the cut and what things we want to add and take out. We had a, we, I don't know, if, when you shoot on set with a comedy, you want to overshoot because you want to try out and do a lot of jokes. There's one scene of the short, it doesn't really ruin much, but they're in a conference room. And there's maybe seven people in the room and Ronald's trying to get ideas of how to save money. And we eventually picked none of the jokes. We <laughs> They just didn't work. But the, the fact that there was no joke there made it actually kind of funny. So like stuff like that. So playing around with the cut and kind of figuring out what you want to do was like a big part of making it. So year and a half. Jordan, can you real quick just give everybody a quick rundown in your words of what this short is about? Sure. Basically, the short film is about uh, Ronald McDonald, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but maybe if you were a 90s kid, and I don't even know too much about the 2000s, but Ronald used to have these sidekicks. You know, there was Birdie the Early Bird, there was the Hamburglar, there was Grimace, and around the mid-2000s, they just kind of dropped the characters, and there was no exclamation as to why they were gone. And when I was at dinner one night with my mother, my stepfather, a couple people, and I don't even know how it came up about Grimace, but we were just laughing. And somebody just said, where is that thing now? And first of all, it said, be nice because Grimace is feelings. And I <laughs> I didn't know where. I, I didn't really know. I looked it up and there was just no exclamation. And it kind of happened around when Super Size Me came out. So I was like, Fuck all right, do you think like McDonald's just like dropped them because like they were in trouble with Super Size Me? Like, is that what happened? And I just so- started cracking up to myself and just saying, all right, well, how could they have gotten hired? And what could have happened to like fire them? Like they like let's make these people like actual people in society and like how their lives changed for the better when they were hired and like kind of when they were like how the demise happened after Super Size Me came out. <laughs> you you definitely have some Super Size Me slander in there. I assume you've seen the documentary. Oh yeah, I uh, watched that a million times. I like I like it. I actually watch it with a Big Mac. That's probably my favorite thing to do. Uh, That's it's like pretty gross. No, that that in class. That movie didn't make me stop eating McDonald's. It made but, uh, me want McDonald's. It definitely I, made me want McDonald's, but I also like, like you say in the movie, it's like obviously don't fucking eat McDonald's three meals a day, you fucking moron. Like, of course you're gonna get sick. Listen, yeah. I would eat McDonald's every day for a week for one meal. That sounds great, but like, uh, don't don't like shove it down your throat. Like, you ever seen this example uh, when somebody, like, let's say a little kid smokes a cigarette and the parents like, all right, now you got to smoke like the whole pack. Yeah, yeah. that's a little. You can't, you can't do that with McDonald's. I'll keep the McDonald's French fries. Honestly, well, I used to. I used to go to like every day after high school. I would walk to McDonald's because it was right there, and I would get a McChicken and three cookies for two dollars total, and then I would eat that on my way home. Like that's. I feel like that's a perfectly normal amount of McDonald's. You don't need to be going three. You think, for thirty? Do you think that three cookies is a normal amount? Well, they're very you small. How small? You, you've never seen the cookies from McDonald's? Alex, Alex, you I have, don't you, eat cookies. Screw the McChicken. You wouldn't get fries? No, I'll do, do a McChicken and cookies. Oh, the, the fries are the, where's that? 
Jordan, I know this is one of Alex's questions, so he's gonna kill me. But what's what's the go to McDonald's order? What? You're an asshole. Ah, oh, that's that's tough. All right, uh, we're talking about it. Go to McDonald's order as of right now. I'll give you last year was the first time I had a Big Mac right before we start. I started writing all this, which is interesting. So was that intentional Mac. or was it like, no, I just never had a Big Mac. I, no, no, I, but uh, were you like, I'm going to have this because we're, we're starting it. Or was it just like, oh, let me, let me get a Big Mac. I was writing it. And then I had a, I mean, I won't get into it, but basically I had a family member of surgery and it was late. And my brother, I was telling my brother that like, I had never had one. So he took me to McDonald's. And he's like, I'm getting you a Big Mac right now. Nice. And, it's a fantastic sandwich. I don't Very know which good. dude decided to put the bun in the middle, but like, good for him. Like, great job. Or her. Great job. Uh, Not a fan yeah. of the bun in the middle. But this is the know. move. If I, if I had I have two go-to dishes I'll do, I'll either get a Big Mac with fries, you know, I'm American, or I would get a a ca- happy a burger happy meal with a hash brown, and I would put the hash brown on the burger, and then I'll eat oh. the fries with that. Power move. Okay, this is very random. Have you ever heard of a, a McGangbang? Yeah, that's what the chicken and the, yes. the meat, right? Yeah. That shit was my high school go-to. But, I thought uh, the three cookies in the You're a connoisseur of fast food. I'm a big – I put you onto fast food, Josh. That's sort of true because I used to eat fast food when I was younger. And then I stopped for like a really long time. And then I met Alex and he started started going to McDonald's again. Literally three times uh, a week. You guys were the, the four for four champions at Wendy's. I remember four for you guys- four – what? And the two for five from McDonald's. The four for four is maybe the greatest deal in history. I regularly say that. Yeah, it's a fact. What do you get? Nuggets, fries, a sandwich, and a drink. The the the, the meal is anything between like a burger to a wrap. It's pretty cash. Not gonna it's lie. an incredible deal. They have this new deal though. Not that we're gonna spend our whole time talking about fast food the whole time, but the five dollar biggie bag. No, nah, they don't like a... do that anymore. Yes, they do. By me, they don't. Where you live is whack, bro. I got one like last week, and you get ten nuggets, a sandwich, uh, it's a not drink, ten, and fries. It's six nuggets. It's ten. I swear to you, I will get it later today and Do show it. you. Do it. I will. Um, what other big? Oh yeah. So here's a, a quick for you, Alex. Here's a quick McDonald's story. I didn't eat McDonald's for like three years. At one point, um, I just right. stopped eating it because it like McDonald's, and I haven't eaten it in like a year probably a little under a year, but um, cause it just makes me feel like the most sick out of any fast food. I still love McDonald's though, but uh, I didn't eat McDonald's for years. And then I started an internship and I didn't have breakfast. And one of the people there was like, Oh, I'm going to go get a coffee from McDonald's. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, like, let me get to know some of my coworkers. And I went and I had a uh, sausage, egg and cheese McGriddle for the first time in like five years and then I proceeded to go back four out of five times that work week <laughs> and get two sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And oh my God, that oh, may you're... be the best invention in American great... history. I remember when you tried going keto and I remember we were at the Alamo Draft House, shout out Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. And you were like, yeah, I'm going keto, even though the movie theater has the best grilled cheese on the planet. And I just, I just remember eating that entire grilled cheese in front of you and watching your like mouth salivate and just I'm just like oh my and like I'm just like you're not gonna make it and then two weeks later you were scarfing down <laughs> one of those grilled cheeses with me <laughs> well there was two times when I there was that and then there was when we saw Mandy and you got not one but oh, two yeah. bowls of mac and cheese it's so good you know it was good that was the perfect thing to it eat couldn't happen I wanted it so bad but um 
guys are crazy. I actually have a picture, um, and I, I got to see if I can find it. While I was also doing the, the keto diet, I went to McDonald's on Main Street, um, and I, I, I said, let me get a cheeseburger with literally nothing, no bun, no pickles, no ketchup, just the patty and cheese. And I had to like really walk the cashier through it. And I'm, Ugh, I'm yeah. so disgusted. You know how like it'll, it has like a TV screen in the back and like, that's how they see what to make. Yeah. yeah. It just said big idiot order sandwich. No, no, I'll never forget it. I like walk past the counter. Like I'm standing off to the side and I just hear someone in the back go. So he just wants the meat and cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, dude. How can you be on any sort of diet and still be going to McDonald's? You can't. You can't. Well, but no, it's because don't. we were going out drinking that night, and uh, we were waiting for the train, and I needed to eat something. So I was like, McDonald's is right here, whatever. Um, and I have a picture of it. They literally gave me a plate with just like a mush of cheese. It's like the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, so well, I'm trying I to find it. I know, I know a couple people that used to do this. Marty included. Marty and like my friend Aaron, who are both vegetarian, used to go to McDonald's and get the burger with no meat on it. Does Marty still have frosted tips? <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He's, he's got beautiful brown hair now. Shout out, Marty. How you doing? <laughs> Marty. Marty's good. I saw him yesterday. He got a so, what? I miss some trash. No, don't address it. Keep moving. Whatever it was. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Marty. So, uh, Jordan, I have another question for you. Um, one of the one of the cool things about this short, one of the many cool things, uh, is that it was shot on an iPhone. Um, and like that's definitely been kind of I sh- we we've seen it with Steven Soderbergh, and I don't really know if any other large filmmakers are doing it, but that's definitely obviously like the best move for people trying to get out here making movies. Um Mm-hmm. So what was, and you've shot like with a camera before, and I know you've shot like on actual film before. So what was kind of oh, your yeah. inspiration for this like next method of a, of like iPhone filmmaking? And so David, um, who's our the director of photography wanted to work with iPhone. He works at Apple. He's a great dude. Shout out David. And he has a really strong understanding of not just how the iPhone camera works, but also how all the lenses and all the other bells and whistles that you could add to the camera. And when I, you know, when we discussed him being the DP, he said, "Look, like I really want to work with the iPhone medium. I think we could really do it." And this was before we bought. We got our. We have a bunch of equipment now that we could use. But this was, he was sold on using the iPhone. I said, "All right, I think it'd be really cool." And what's funny is that when we released the short, maybe a day after we released it, Damien Chazelle started working with Apple on yeah. Vertical Cinema. It was like right after we released uh, McFire. So I'm like. Like we kind of just like jumped in, but like he just released this suit, like this awesome thing with vertical it's cinema trash. with I've iPhone. Seen it. But I've it still is I know, but it's still cool that like you're, it's, it's cool that he filmed it on the iPhone. But I don't think vertical cinema is the future, and I it's don't not. think that that was a deeply inspired piece of filmmaking. Not like no, but, but I mean, not the, I'm not throwing shade at it. I just you know it was cool that it was shot on iPhone, but it was all about the production value of the set, like. The iPhone's fine. Yeah, any, you can shoot anything on an iPhone, but if you have millions of dollars, of course you could make it look like it was really cool. Like, there was that shot yeah. of the guy jumping off the building, and it was shot on yeah. iPhones. I'm sure if I had, you know, a million-dollar budget, I could shoot I could shoot something like that. Um, yeah. But shooting on iPhone was a very cool experience, uh, probably because that charging it was probably the easiest thing ever as opposed to getting batteries and, you know, <laughs> I could just plug the, you know, the phone into an actual charger. Uh 
But the, it was interesting to sell not just us on it, but the not the crew, but the cast on it. Because again, when you're like we, you know, again, we weren't working at the, with the union, we weren't working with SAG or anything. We were working with backstage and shout out to the entire cast; they were phenomenal. And you know, you're trying to sell uh, your cast members on look not only that we're making a mockumentary about McDonald's characters, which is already a sell and a half, but they have to be fully convinced in doing it. And there's an iPhone in their face. It's not like a nice lens with like a big camera. It's this phone so when you're when you're working with actors like that it's kind of a an interesting sell i know alex actually worked with iphone uh, one time when we were shooting something for unemployed uh was we were doing the second one we never finished just because of timing and alex went to memphis for three years but <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> he knows but we shot on iphone and when you're shooting on iphone you i think it's a little harder to sell your your cast members that like you know we're making a movie here and you have to really keep them buying into the project and the story and what's going on that's why i went so yeah that's why i was like i can't work in these conditions and yeah i think that a lot of the movie is really carried by the powerhouse that is kyle his name's kyle right who plays ronald yes how did how did you land on that how did you find kyle how did you know he was right for the role so we did casting in June of 20, must have been 2019. And I actually had Schwartz in the room with me. Shout out Schwartz. <laughs> and I remember I had a, a bunch of people. I probably had like 15 or 20 people come in for Ronald. I didn't get a lot of uh, headshots for the other characters. But Ronald was like the one I knew that like, no, yeah, the whole cast was great. But I knew that Ronald was going to be the main character and that everybody else was going to tell their story. But he was going to drive the film. So... Picking out someone like that, you need, you want someone that you could kind of, you just want to listen to talk. Kyle was just that type of guy where he could, he not only could follow the lines and kind of, uh, you know, play the part, but he would really buy into it. He really felt like Ronald on set. He would talk to me like that. Like we would call cut and like he stayed in it. Like he stayed like that, like that guy. So I, I was immediately drawn to that. He also had a really, really good resume and I just wanted to work with, you know, stronger, like, actors and actresses like just people that have more experience i know with unemployed it was me and that's fine but i'm not an actor and alex's not an actor Noah's not an actor but they're all great we did a great job for what we did we all played ourselves so i wanted to work with the you know people that had a little bit more experience and like had a better understanding of like really embracing a character kyle was that guy for us and you know i think he did a really great job oh he's great in it he's hilarious he is very he's funny. so fun yeah he's great he's just like um, unhinged like i don't know how else to like He's unhinged, and it, it it also there's one line where he's like, uh, "Is that clean to say?" And I was like, "This is a Jordan yeah. Star production." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny, and really, and I think that speaks to like the great mockumentary feel of it, right? Because if you think about it, he's not really playing like the upfront version of Ronald McDonald. It's like a skewed version of him that's like Ronald McDonald post all this like stuff happening. So it's just a very interesting character. But uh, I think Kyle kills it. I think the whole cast kills it. It's hilarious. Grimace um, is my favorite. Very special cast member, though. Alex, I know you want to talk to Jordan a little bit about the lore of this that will go down in the history books forever. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> my job yeah, was... Yeah, we're, we're talking... I got from you. You were appalled, Alex. <laughs> you were appalled. And I had to text Jordan about it immediately. My jaw was on the floor um, when I saw that... <laughs> Flavor Flav is in the movie. <laughs> so He's listening to IMDb. 
So do you want to talk about one? Was there a specific reason why flavor? <laughs> like, I just need to know everything about this. Okay. So we, when I, we shot McDonald's, we had two days and I'm going to be honest with you as a, you know, young filmmaker, you're learning and you're growing. And I felt like we rushed the script a little bit. And I think we were just so excited to shoot that we just said, all right, let's just like jump into it. And I think that's one of the biggest, you know, things I still have to deal with, but you know, taking my time learning, you know, and there was a scene where we didn't have the Grimace costume. And that was in the confrontation scene at the end. And I came up with this idea that, like, you know, maybe Grimace wasn't in the office that day and he brought his agent in. And I had no clue how to explain that. So I actually did an interview myself. I was interviewed for the film, like, as the director. And not only did I break the fourth wall, but I actually, like, broke, like, the mockumentary wall of, like, what was happening. So we couldn't use that interview at all. And we while, while we were cutting it during COVID, we're like, well, we can't really shoot. And I remember um, for my brother's birthday, I had Chris Hansen give my brother a shout out on Cameo. That's a fire out. one. And That's incredible. He, Chris Hansen went to Michigan State like my brother, and it was a really great gift. And I remember I'm like, you know, you know, I technically own the video, and I could do whatever I want with it once it's finished. So I filled out an application on Cameo to Flavor Flav saying, this is for everyone. Like in the beginning, he goes, this is a shout out to everybody. Because, like, you know, I told him, I said, this is for everyone. So, and I said, you just have to kind of read this paragraph exactly the way it is. And I didn't think he was going to do it. He, it was, he, normally his response time is, like, five hours. He didn't respond for three days. And I was like, all right, he's definitely not doing it. And I had to pay. He's taking his time with the script. He's yeah. taking and his time to look it over. All of a sudden, I got this email. And it just said, Flavor Flav has fil- uh, fulfilled your request. And here is your video. And I just lost my mind when I saw that video. Oh, we lost our minds too when we saw it as well. I think everyone will. It's so it's incredible. <laughs> I think it's having him as a cameo. He's like my first, like, I mean, I I, I want to use the word celebrity, something like a well known person. Like, everyone knows that name, Flavor Flav. You say that to anyone, oh, yeah. they know who that is. So I was pretty excited to tell people that, you know, we have a celebrity in the film and. He's going to explain one little like issue that we had with the writing and our shooting. But just because he's in it, it's going to kind of leave all that crap. So I think it worked out. I think it definitely worked out. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, kind of unrelated, Jordan. But so obviously this deals with Ronald and then the the three side characters. Uh, which one of the side characters is your favorite, like excluding Ronald? Um, I really like the Hamburglar. Uh, I remember when we were casting... I knew immediately I wanted him. He's great. Josh is a great guy. He was very nice and he was willing to try. Again, when you have a cast that wants to try different things and like kind of play around with improv, that was really key. He does a monologue in the in the middle of the film about him being a villain and what that means to be a villain. And I kind of remember just saying, all right, you know, I have a couple of key points I want you to talk about, but you know, kind of just play the part. Like you're, you're this, you're this like not kid hamburger, but you're definitely more of this like, goofy personality like play it that goofy personality and you know he did that monologue and i loved it and, and um we shot a bunch of other stuff but i still thought that was my favorite when it's when the cast it just in general when the cast kind of was able to play with the parts on their own and we were to get these real reactions because they were interpreting whether it was the hamburger which is the one i'm talking about or ronald or birdie or grimace who they they just wanted to be who whoever they wanted to be as the character so definitely hamburger 
Jordan, can I ask you something? Sure. Speaking of the Hamburglar arc, how how long did it take you to to warm up to the idea of your penis being in the movie? <laughs> no way, that's your dick. That's not my dick. <laughs> no way, it's not my dick. I am curious I about that. I, uh, <laughs> no one knows. It's the best part. Like, what do you I mean, mean you thought about it? Someone, I forgot who I was talking to about it, but somebody asked me if it was my dick, and I don't want to ruin the joke for those who hasn't listened to it. But it's not my dick. But somebody said it would have been hysterical if I just happened to plant my penis in the film and didn't tell a person. That's we, what's great about it. Yeah, we had a set designer, and she, her Tiffany, and she was great. And she printed out that picture with a frame. And I just remember looking at that thing and cracking up, saying, "All right, <laughs> this is going to be great." I don't know where she found the dick pic from. I'm not. I didn't want to ask her, but it was a you know a rather. I thought it was a hairy dick, but. It got the oh, job Jesus. done. So, this you know, this has, would be even better if you made this whole story up and it still was your dick. Like deep down, no, you not, know. <laughs> not my cock. I, would, I would tell you, it's not mine. <laughs> I would tell I would you. I'm, I'm definitely a grower, not a shower. What, what's your next question? That question? is lovely. <laughs> um, moving forward, there's another really crazy aspect about this movie. And um, beyond it all being shot on iPhone, but stylistically, you took a leap here with some animation. Yeah, And uh, talk a little bit about that. What made you want to do it and how that sort of came to life? So well, when you're watching documentaries in general, there's always there's people being interviewed, but there's also footage like there's always, you know, something that they could cut to, whether it's being recreated for the documentary or if it was actual footage used at the time. Um, so I wanted to kind of show what the characters are talking about, not just show them, not just have them on screen talking about it. So when they go to the club, they go to the club fast food. I wanted people <laughs> to see what I was seeing when, like, when I was writing it. Like, I wanted this. I wanted them to see the characters walking into a club where all the fast food characters hung out at. And I, I didn't want that just to be a thing that was said because I could say that and it could be whatever. But when you visualize it and see it, and I have all the sound effects and it feels like you're in the space, that's what I wanted to do. So animation was crucial for just bringing certain aspects of this, you know, the storyline to life. It looks great. It came out it great. Did, yeah. Grimace with the snorkel and Wendy is, uh, yeah, that- is a plus. <laughs> also love Ronald McDonald hitting a bong. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't see that anywhere else. And I, I just, at that point I said, I want to, I want to make this movie because I want to see all this stuff and I know I'm going to enjoy it and people will like it. So there's that. Is McDonald's coming for you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're I think we're approaching ten thousand views, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's a short film on YouTube. You know, those things don't really go viral, but uh, you know, we did a really great job, and the page got a lot of attention. Uh, and we're working on. I mean, I'm I, this project was just kind of like a test for me. After we did Unemployed, I said, "Look, I want to work with no disrespect, Alex, but I wanted to work with a better cast and make a bigger project." <laughs> And uh, people that actually will be on time to set, not eat all the food. That's so, not true. I was always on time. I was always early. No. Yeah, but you ate all the bagels. <laughs> I saw you, Alex. We get a dozen bagels, and then I'd come back, and they would say, "We need another dozen." There's three people on set, and I need breakfast before I this showed up. Bagel like, fiasco is. I'll never live it down. I love that uh, when we did the the pre show for Unemployed that we had that pop up on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> you ate like twenty bagels before we started, and you put cream cheese on all of them. Uh, I had two at most. Yeah, two at least. Um, 
what's it called? Uh, but we again, this I loved making this movie, um, just because you know as a filmmaker you're trying to grow and look, there's a sick budget. We had like I was able to kind of do whatever I wanted. Uh, there's a bunch of bells and whistles, and like the production of the film is the highlight in my eyes. Like it from start to finish. All like nice, cool production. You got anything. You got animation. You got live action. You've got Flavor Flav. You got the interviews. Like, <laughs> like there's crap going on. So I was really happy that I was just able to like put together this just a large production of something that was like kind of not relevant, but people know about. People know Ronald. People know these characters. So I, on my end, I could kind of take the identity of those characters and do whatever I wanted with them. So I was just so excited to like take that and do and play with that as far as the film goes i think that you know with indie filmmakers or up-and-coming filmmakers there's like obviously a discussion to be had if you don't have a certain sort of budget you might be going for substance over style and um i think that with this movie it's it's very much both of them like the substance the content it's a hilarious movie and i think there are a lot of ways you could have gotten that across but like you're saying because of the the heightened production level on this it just came out really, really well. And so it, it feels to me, like as the viewer, that you had total control over this project and it's it's very much your vision. And it's probably the favorite thing, my favorite thing that you've done so far, honestly. Thank you. Thank I you. have to agree. Now, this is, it's very funny. And like, while it is, like it, it does have your your particular brand of humor, like it's very universal, like you said. Like, I I'm really trying to think of the last time I actually saw any of the mcdonald's characters because i do feel like that was something that like literally was everywhere and then it just wasn't and like i couldn't tell you when that um that switch happened um and like you said mcdonald like who does if you don't know mcdonald's i feel like every person in the world has to know what mcdonald's is yeah yeah i mean i think mcdonald's rebranded themselves though they were trying to be less of like the kitty palace like and more of like, I don't know, fine fast food dining. Like did you guys? Be... Did you guys go into the the ball pit? Fuck no! no. I I probably not. did at one point, but like, I feel like if I was old enough to remember, absolutely not. I did not go in there. Well, it's disgusting. <laughs> McDonald's it's just is gross. yo. McDonald's is fine. They used to have like the Game Cubes like set up and shit and like the jungle gyms yeah i used to go we were definitely the kid whose parents brought him to mcdonald's and sent him to go play in the play pit alone so they could have like a moment of peace no they wouldn't let me go in the hmm. the ball pit but uh i went and make no mistake i don't know if it's on my instagram anymore but there is a picture of me and my boy pants hanging out in the jungle gym of uh, mcdonald's pants. yes pants unemployed right. alumni great love him. but uh oh it's not on my instagram anymore i may have taken it down but yeah me and him were hanging out in there um and we just like we're we're chilling in like the t you know like in those tubes that you could crawl through there was like the ones that had like the big bubble glasses that you could like see out into and kind of overlook mm. the the restaurant or the yeah. mcdonald's it was in the there yes. and we would just hang out and bull yeah um jordan i have another question for you kind of going back to the iphone thing What's do up? you think that so, like I said, you you've made a bunch of movies in a bunch of other formats. Do you think shooting with iPhone is something that people should start with, um, or is it is it kind of that like you should get familiar with the basics before it's like now you can use the convenience of the iPhone? I'm just curious for your opinion on that. Oh, great, great question. 
I think it's all about your budget. Like, uh, I don't think you need to shoot on iPhone. We solely we did it because David. This is David's first project that he was DPing, and he told me that I think it would be cool if we shot on iPhone. I was also pretty for it, also, because uh, Terry David worked at Apple and knew all the bells and whistles of the lenses. And I'd lo- I saw High Flying Bird, uh, Steven so- was it Soderbergh film? Yeah. And that whole thing was shot on iPhone. I was like, well, if he could do a whole movie on iPhone, you know, we could do a short. And we can make sure it looks exactly the same way, and I won't have to deal with you know renting a Black Magic or a Red or whatever. So, I was I was pretty down to do it. But as far as like an upcoming filmmakers, like just upcoming filmmakers go, work with your budget. You know, if you're in school, you know they have cameras for you, so use the cameras they can give you. Like definitely take advantage of that. If you're at a school and like you're and your budget's pretty thin, and you're like, look, I really don't want to spend too much on this, but I know if I get good lighting or good audio. Like that's honestly, I think the audio and the the lighting are the two most important things. I obviously got to learn more about lighting because that's my my fault. Low, that's my low point. But as far as sound, super important. I would say sound is probably my favorite thing in all, the whole aspect of a film. So as far as your camera goes, iPhone is a cool medium if you want to try it. But if it's like unless you're doing it with a purpose, like oh, I really want to use the medium, or I don't have the budget to get a better camera, I wouldn't prefer using it just because. Like now I have a black, you know, now we have a black magic in stock. So I'm gladly going to use that every single time we have a project. So I think like as ridiculous as this may sound, I think that like when I saw high flying bird and similarly with like unsane, like the other movies Soderbergh did with his iPhone, uh, it seems kind of apparent. Like you can kind of tell it shot on an iPhone. Sure. And I'm not saying it looks bad. It just looks different. Um, but I don't think I felt that difference as much. Like when I watched it for the first time, McFired, I did not know it was shot on an iPhone. I didn't know until the end when it was when you guys said it was shot on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, so I just think that's a huge feat right there. Thank so you. Be proud of yourself, Jordan. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I mean, it is cra- like it's so crazy. Even not just movies, but like pictures. Like I'll see pic- like you know, like those like shot on iPhone billboards. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. I'll look at them and be like, yo how is that possible like it's so crazy that really anybody can be a photographer like a filmmaker with like these cameras are so incredible you'd be surprised what you could do with an iphone camera once you download something that allows you to control the f-stop and like other settings on there like Mm. it's very once you take it into your own hands you can do a lot more yeah yeah the iphone is that's true of any camera iphone is an an incredibly impressive uh what's the word so this is an this whole episode is brought to you by McDonald's and Apple. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> um, we will not be receiving a check for this. Um, I have another question for both of you guys. One of the one of the big proponents of McDonald's back in the day was the Happy Meal. And with the Happy Meal came a toy. Do you have a favorite Happy Meal toy, if you remember? Jordan? No. Me no, I, I have no answer to that question, Alex. Uh, I would say my favorite part of the Happy Meal was the fries. The number two was probably the burger. Number three was the apple slices. I'll give that as my one, two, three. I don't oh, remember you... the the toys. I would always use them for the day, and then they were gone. Like no, I never I saw so them many, dude. Where do you keep the them? one toy I remember getting from like fast food as I remember Burger King was doing like SpongeBob watches and I got like this Squidward watch and I was like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever had in my entire life. Like, I was and, so happy and crazy that you now are Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> um, My favorite toy. Yeah, I had a bunch of toys. I, I was a fiend. I used to I dude, I used to be the kid 
who like if I had the toy because it was random, they just put it in. I used to have my mom ask them if we could yeah. switch oh, it yeah. out because I didn't want doubles. I want the See, whole I remember, set. I remember doing that, but only because like. Like, if there was one specifically I wanted, yeah. like, I was going to get it. I wasn't collecting whole sets, though. How often were you going to McDonald's, my guy? Quite often. I mean, I used to go with my grandma, like, at least once a week. See, that's the thing about fast food, I feel like, is that, sure, it's terrible for you, but it's so cheap and it's so easy. It's like, so cheap, yeah. And it's just, like, I don't know. My grandma, like, kids love my grandma shit. doesn't eat many things. And, like, when I used to go there after school, it's like, let's just go fucking hang out at McDonald's. Uh, question, Alex. Um... When did you stop eating Happy Meals? Like, when was the age where you were like, it's time oh, for wow. me to get, like, a burger or, like, a McDonald's? Like, when was bag? the first time it's like, Last I don't, year. I'm, well, they, they have the Happy Meal, and then they had, like, it was, like, a medium. It was, like, the, the like a teen meal or, like, a kid's meal. I don't remember what the name was, but it was, like, teen meal. it was, like, you get a bigger burger and, like, I think nuggets and fries also. Like, it was a larger meal, um, and I definitely did that for a while, but... I would say like 2006 was the first year I had a Big Mac. And the only, you know the year? The only reason why I know the year is because it was the first time I went to Greece. And I came back and uh, my dad picked me up from the airport. And I was like, yeah, like, oh, it was awesome. Like, but like, I missed like fast food and stuff. Cause like McDonald's there was ass. I don't remember the name of it. They have like a different name. Um, but, I doubt it. Stuff I no, no, no. Like it, it's like an off-brand McDonald's. Um, and but it's not owned by McDonald's. I don't believe so. But like it, it was a very similar theme. Like it had like the arches and shit. But like it may have been like a McDougal's. Like we have the have Big guys- Mac. They have the Big Mac. But I came back and I was like, I really want McDonald's. And he was like, I'm gonna get you a, a Big Mac. And that was the first time I had a Big Mac. And I didn't like it. And then I had it years later. Have you guys ever been to McDonald's overseas? Yes, I went to Paris. Um, I don't think I have. When I went in Israel, everything they had there, like, there's no Big Mac there. It's called the Big American there. And I was like, this oh, is yeah, weird. Which... <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. is like the, like, to them, we're the stereo, like, the big fat, fat fatty yeah. <laughs> burger. Call that shit the Big American. Well, like, uh, in, in Paris, I, like, went out of my way. Like, I was like, yo we have to go to McDonald's and we went to one across the street from the Louvre. And I remember that it was the Le Big Mac. First of all, in Paris, at least. Yeah. Like Big Mac. And they sold beer there and I was blown away and I had chicken nuggets and cause we were having dinner later. So I was like, I'll just do chicken nuggets and fries. And, uh, it was about the same. (laughs) Like Hmm. there's no noticeable difference. Exactly the same. There you go. But yeah, yeah, McDonald's, man, that's, would you say like, what's your, Jordan, what's your ranking of fast food? Uh, that's a good question. I like the say... big three, let's say like the burgers. Oh, um, if it's the big three, I mean, I, if you're... Burger King is in the top three, get out of here. Well, like, first off, Burger thing, Burger King's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you, you want to, I'll, I'll go off quick on that. Um, I did the, the impossible burger challenge at, uh, for burger king and i ate the whopper first took a few bites ate the impossible burger ate a few bites i came to this conclusion the whopper tastes like shit it's awful it does not compare even the slightest bit to the big mac or any other burger i've had the impossible People burger love the whopper the impossible burger, burger impossible burger tastes like the whopper so if a equals b 
B equals C, A equals C, the Impossible Burger tastes like shit. So... <laughs> By the transitive property. Yes. Transitive property talking about the burger process. Uh, I'm going to say that the Whopper, no good, be a Burger King only has one good thing. It's the chicken fries. And if and those the aren't Hershey there pie. anymore, then that's it. What? The Hershey pie. I just I, feel like there's better places to get, like, burgers. Like, we have Checkers down by us. Checkers is fucking gas. But that's not a big three. That's not a big but three. Like, but it is good. I would go there easily over Burger King. No, yeah, but like, like Checkers is in that like it's a notch above. You know, it's like, gore. It's, it's like not. Five it's guys, really not. It's still no. It's not. It's still super cheap. It's still a drive-through. Do you know they have these things there now? It's like a three-dollar box of. It's just literally a box of like little tiny chicken nugget balls and fries. But it's like a box of one. It's like seven dollars for a half pound of it. I want Checkers bad. Yeah, the fries at Checkers are top-notch. Do they have tater tots? No, that's um, that's Chick Fil A. No, mm. Chick Fil A is waffle yes. fries. No, but Chick Fil A also has tater tots. But the main is waffle fries. Mm. Depends on what time of day you go. No, it's waffle fries. I might get that for lunch. How do you know, brother? I don't even have Chick Fil A where you live. How do you know, brother? <laughs> There's multiple Chick Fil A's by me. Um, fast food man is a very special thing. I'm glad you've cemented it, Jordan, in yeah. film can. If Mr. Oh. King wants a documentary about him, fix the Whopper, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm happy I did that movie. Uh, you always reflect on what you're doing. You guys, you know, you just opened up the website. You're doing the articles and you're going to look back at a lot of them and you're going to say, oh, wow, I wish I did this or I next time I'm going to do this. I watched the McDonald's thing. I had a great time making it and I like I like the film in general. But I look at it and I'm like, I wish I did this or I did that or I added this. So every one of these little projects that I do, whether they're going to festivals, whether they're just going to YouTube, I'm trying to grow from all of it. So it was a very fun experience. And quite honestly, I ate more McDonald's than I ever had in my life doing it. So how about that? <laughs> Dude, that's what I think. Like, like for instance, like Morgan Spurlock, like when he did Supersize Me, obviously he's eating McDonald's for the thing. But I wonder how he feels about McDonald's now. I bet he eats it all the time on the low. I mean, here's the thing with uh, Morgan. You know, David. Shout out to you guys knowing his name. So Morgan Spurlock, yeah. Well, David worked for him for a summer, and does. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but apparently there was uh there was some issues on at work or something with him. So David wasn't very kind. I'm not going to say David's last name to protect him, but uh, David was not You're a not fan. <laughs> he wasn't a fan of the Morgan, and I know that. I know he was not a fan. So when we did this one thing. There were other allegations about Morgan Spurlock, I'm pretty sure, about him being an asshole. No, he was a bad dude. Don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah. I heard he used to beat the McDonald's employees. Oh, I don't know. But I'm <laughs> making a mockery of this, and it's actually quite serious. What did he no, do? I'm going to look it up. Some sexual harassment shit. He was just not nice. Um, McDonald's. But you understand, this Sorry. dude owes his entire career, hot take, owes his entire career to making that Super Size Me documentary. Of he course he does. Get, he doesn't get. The, the greatest movie ever sold or the second Super Size Me without making that first film. What was so, the second one about? Uh, it was about just how fast food is now and how they use these trigger words like healthy and green, but like really it's all, they're still making the same food. Free range chicken's a scam. So like... Anyone he, who thinks they're going to McDonald's and getting healthy food is fucking lying to themselves. Yeah. Oh, you have to. Oh, yeah. dude, he was part of a Me Too thing. Oh, Jesus. That's what I'm saying. So fuck yeah. him. Fuck you, Morgan Spurlock, you bitch. Right, so uh, <laughs> got him. But, but uh, he hears we were, this, he'll know that we're not fans. 
No, yeah, no. But uh, when we were doing the scene about Ronald yelling at him, I wrote it, but David was like really happy to hear it. <laughs> like, like it, it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's a documentary. Like, it's, like, Ronald doesn't actually feel that way in real life in the movie, but <laughs> David liked it. I remember when we were editing, I said, "David, this is your scene. You can do whatever you want with it." Like, you want to keep it long, keep it long. Like, you show me what you You're like. talking about that scene where he's talking about, like, Morgan Spurlock. He's talking about Super Sesame. Yeah, and he's like, uh, Ronald's like, Morgan Spurlock is like this virgin with IBS and ED. And like, <laughs> 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 and I remember just looking at David, and as we're shooting, David's nodding his head. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let it, like, let him have it. Like, <laughs> that's so fucking funny, dude. So. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Love uh, that. But, well, but yeah, definitely a great experience. I love that you guys love it, and people. I've gotten great reactions from it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not making a comedy next, which is f- interesting. Like, I'm completely going away from comedy, making something like serious. So yeah, I'm jumping around with the genre. It's about the gritty times of Grimace. Uh, Grimace, he's good. I have to say, my favorite. I just have to let you know my favorite joke, maybe in the whole thing, and I don't know why I thought it was so funny. But uh, when it's like doing like the um, like the coda of like the characters, like where they ended up after, and mm-hmm. uh, it's like early birdie opened up a gym. It closes at ten thirty a.m. That I don't oh, know you, why I found that so like funny, it. but I was cracking up over it. Well, it's um, like a little McDonald's joke, and I mean, again, what's great is when you have text, you have full control. Like if yeah. the joke doesn't work, I can fix it, which is nice. I. Just wanted to leave that as is. And David was like, oh, is that a McDonald's joke? I'm like, yeah. He's like, nice. I was like, yeah, how about that? <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was that. Uh, Grimace is funny. Thanos. Yeah. A plus. That nice. was hilarious, too. That was really funny. No, the whole thing is good. I, I, there's a lot of laughs in here. Hey, listen, I was it's very good. impressed. Yeah, I'm just happy that I was able to make it. And, like, not only did I make it, but people could understand. Like, if I ask you what happened, you can tell me. And that's a big step for a filmmaker. People get bored with short films. Like, there's a million filmmakers. And anyone can make a short film. So the fact that I can get 10,000 people's attention to watch it and actually enjoy the project, like, that that makes me so happy. So just gets me more excited to make more things. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's why I'm excited that we got you on. You know, you're a big-time filmmaker now. I wasn't yeah. sure we were going to be able to find a time to get you on here, you know? Your schedule is very busy, I hear. Yeah, I got a call at one o'clock with uh, Temple. I'm doing, uh, I'm streaming the service for this Temple, and I got to talk to the rabbi about how to get it done. So, what do you mean you're streaming the service? Meaning, this, so obviously people can't go to Temple, so they want to do the Rosh Hashanah service online. Oh, okay. And I told these companies are charging them like these professional companies are charging 20 to 30,000 and they don't want to pay that. And nobody should. It's crazy, but they're not doing anything. Like I, I, I know, no, like I'm not saying that like I would be doing nothing, but I like, I understand what needs to be done and you don't need $30,000 to do it. So I came to the temples and I made, like, I went to this one temple, not going to say names, but I made them a deal. I'm actually, I have a call with them today and I think they want to discuss working and like how to like when we're going to start moving forward but they need to sign the contract so i it is a big rule in film and uh, alex knows this from being on unemployed obviously when we would shoot actor release forms are extremely important but when you're working with anybody this is just indie filmmaker advice you're working with anyone and they want your advice or they want your time or they want any type of work that you're doing you need a contract in place to protect yourself because if you're not getting whatever you 
Like if you're doing it with a purpose of getting something out of it and there's nothing on paper, they, those people could screw you. Not saying that the rabbi and these people are going to screw me. They're very nice people. But I just have We're to make gonna it clear. You, you it, didn't sign like, a contract. We're going to screw you. No, like, it's, I need, like, I wrote up a service agreement and, like, they requested it. And if they haven't signed it yet, you know, just sign it and, we, and I'll start working on your thing. Like, that's it. So that's what I'm doing later. Okay. Sounds good. Well, once again, I think we're getting to be about that time, but I just want to thank you again so much, Jordan, for coming on doing this. It's always a pleasure to have my main man on here. Uh, uh, get a little so. break from Alex over there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, Alex, uh, yeah, Alex loves to say how you doing to me right before the pod, but I haven't heard from Alex in like three months. Listen, <laughs> like I don't say know something, you're... Alex. No, like say what are you doing, about it. Alex? What are you doing? Are you playing Animal Crossing? Like what are you? Saying? I don't no, know. What he's doing crazy in his house and calling me every day, telling me he thinks he has rabies. That's not entirely <laughs> true. That's not how entirely many, false how either. How many times did I get that call? Either here's my closing statement. Uh, Pusha T wrote the McDonald's jingle and Justin Timberlake sang it. Most people don't know that. And it is an incredible fun fact. Drake didn't do it. Drake couldn't do it. Let's go Pusha T. Let's go McDonald's. I let's love that Drake. new Drake song, by the way. The, uh, I haven't heard it. What do you mean you haven't heard it? It was great. I've not heard yeah, it's it. Pretty, it's it's no, good. I have no like intention it. of listening It's to chill it. vibes. The music videos, money. It's him playing basketball with Durant and having a catch with Odell. Song. <laughs> no, it was a video of him like running a route and uh yeah. and it's like Drake couldn't shake salt at that route. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, like, just took a step over. It's so funny. That's hilarious. No, no I was a fan. All I like here the, for the Drake slander. I know you don't like Drake, Alex, but I was a fan of the song. I'll hear it in the club one day if we can ever go it, back. That's to not a club song. Oh really? Well they'll play it because it's Drake. They'll play it in the club because it's Drake. Yeah, no, who cares? But we are not here to talk about Drake. But like I said, thank you, Jordan, for coming. Um, before we get out of here, take this time to tell the people what you got going on. Tell them where they can find the short. Tell them where they can find Ineffable, all that stuff. Definitely. So you want to check out Ineffable Pictures, which is my production company. It's at www.ineffable-pictures.com. You could also check us out on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel called Ineffable Pictures where McFire is playing. And we have other short films and trailers there as well uh josh alex thank you guys for having me on this is awesome i love talking to you guys about this stuff and uh yeah cool beans cool beans cool beans. all right alex tell the people where they can find you you can find me on instagram at alex paps one on twitter at samurai paps on letterboxd at ag person you can find the podcast on instagram and twitter at wtr pod as well as and- finding us at wtrpod.com wtrpod.com you heard it here first guys that's the website go there um you can find me at josh lempert j-o-s-h-l-e-m-p-e-r-t at uh letterbox twitter instagram everything um like alex said check out the website it's got some great stuff on there um and we've got some other good stuff like i said before dc fandom coverage is coming it will be out this wednesday so keep an eye out for that um and alex i just want to say real quick i've been like showing people the website and every time people go on the website or like i show them the mock-ups for the merch or anything like they're all like how do you pronounce this person's last name like no one knows my mom doesn't know like all my friends no one knows noble asked me yesterday too i'm sure you get asked that question a lot your name is a lot of letters and 13 letters doesn't make a whole lot of sense but uh That's a conversation for a different time. Guys, thank you for listening. Check out all that stuff, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Peace. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm whapping it.